Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to BYT Radio. My name is Brandon Weatherby. BYT Radio stands for Brightest Young Things. Brightest Young Things is an arts and culture website based out of Washington, D.C., with a presence in New York and Chicago. We've been doing this since 2007. It is currently 2019. We've been doing this for the last three presidential administrations. That is neither a good thing or a bad thing. That is just the reality of it. I'm the managing editor at Brightest Young Things, and uh, the D.C. media landscape is an interesting thing. Uh, we're in, we're in a good city because uh, it has a, it has places like DCist and the Washington City Paper and us and the Washington Post and, and not every city has that. Uh, this city is going to have another one uh, quite soon, and that is the reason our guest today is with us. Michelle, how are you? Doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here, Michelle Delgado. Mm-hmm, that's right. Where are you from, Michelle? I'm from Loudoun County, so if you drive about 45 minutes west of here, you will be suddenly in Rolling Hills Farms. Just rural area as far as you can see, and that's where I'm from. And that's where you're from, but you don't live there now. I don't live there now. You live a little bit closer. Live you... a little bit closer, yep. <laughs> and uh, the reason why you're on the show today is because Summer House, a project that is all, not all yours, but your idea, your yes. baby, is it fair to say it's like your baby? It's my baby. Your yep. baby. <laughs> has, as of like an hour ago, has achieved its, his, its funding goal. Mm-hmm, that's right. So it has been willed into existence by uh, hundreds plus donors, mm-hmm, that's right. and Summer House will be the next thing in that media landscape. That's right. We're so excited about it. Okay, so Summer House, the, we'll get into what it is, but let's go start at the top of the name. Uh, the name is uh, a reference to something that already does exist. It does, yeah. What so, is that thing? Yeah, if you're strolling around the Capitol, there's a small brick structure. You might not even see it. It's sort of built, sunken into the ground. And it's called The Summer House. It's by Frederick Law Olmsted. You know him from Central Park in New York. He's a really famous architect and designer. Um, And so we have this beautiful little structure that is so easy to miss. And it felt like, I mean, not only is the word beautiful to say, Summer House, um, it also just felt like a real symbol of, you know, DC has so many pockets of incredible culture, creativity, things that the city's not known for, but is very vibrantly here. So it felt like the perfect name for us. But it's not about the, it's not about the hill. Not about it's the hill. It's not, <laughs> yeah. There's, so there's two different types of media in D.C. There's the national political media, your politicos, et cetera. And then there's the stuff that I was referring to. You're going to be in the D.C.est BYT uh, Prince of Petworth camp more. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, we're going to be more local. We're even like hyper-local, focus more on niche communities throughout the city. Um, so the stakes of our stories are interesting because I'm a journalist. I'm a full-time freelance journalist. And when you're writing a story, you're always thinking about you know, are the stakes national? Do they have like a big significance that is felt all over the country? Or you're thinking, oh, is there some regional resonance here? And I'm thinking even a little bit smaller than that. You know, there are communities of people who are intent on making creative work or putting on shows or things like that. And so I wanted to see what would happen if we shrunk those stakes down even more and gave people a space to, to tell stories in that kind of sphere. You are a freelance journalist. Mm-hmm. You have written for a lot of these outlets that I've referred to. So why start your own thing if you could just write for them? Yeah, that's a great question. A um, couple, couple things. One thing, I was at the time that I started this, I was working full time. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to see what would happen if I could 
remove some barriers. I spent a lot of time pitching, more time pitching than writing. And so I was like, okay, well, if I had a platform where I could just write and publish with fewer um, gatekeepers, that could be really powerful. And I could potentially give that to other people as well. That was exciting to me. Um, and then the other thing is, I think it's, it's really powerful when you can see stories in conversation with each other. So people have asked me, oh, you're making a website. Why is that a digital magazine? And the answer to that question is that we're publishing really consciously a batch of stories that you're meant to consume all together. So it's not like you're reading, you know, oh, something comes out in City Lab. It's really interesting. A few months go by. Mm -hmm. Maybe you read something else in Curbed or another, you know, big magazine you know, instead you're going to get it all at once. You're going to see these stories in conversation with each other, see them happen simultaneously. You're 26. Yes. I think it's fair to say that because most of the articles about you and about this project have mentioned your age. Yes. <laughs> and I am a decade older than you. And uh, when Summer House is uh, written about, and I think even the email you sent, you referred to it as a zine at one point. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting to me because as a 36-year-old from that has been doing this um, since you were six, <laughs> it's very... Zine and, and online 20 years ago were not compatible. Mm -hmm. There's totally different things. Um, there was, it was, it's looking back on it, incredibly stupid debates. <laughs> uh, good is good, art is art, people should write what they want to write, the end. It, it's mm -hmm. not that complicated. But there was a big debate of is a zine, if you don't actually go make it yourself, if you don't literally cut and paste it, even if you're using Photoshop 20 years ago, if you're using InDesign to lay things out 20 years ago, is that a zine? Mm -hmm. Or is it just a very cheap magazine? And, and, the, and that's important. Do these debates come up at all anymore? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that the calling Summer House a zine is really an homage and a reference mm -hmm. to kind of our inspiration, um, the things we love. And when I say we, it's me and a few collaborators who are working on this project. Um, and there's a really rich history there that we're kind of playing with. You know, people who, like we said, it's... I, what I like to say is it's sort of the quality of you know trained journalists putting this project together, but it has the sort of immediacy and intimacy and urgency of a zine where you know you can have an idea at ten in the morning and print something by five p.m. that night. Mm -hmm. It's uh, you know just a different kind of space to work in. So yeah, I think it's a it's a reference to that history. It's an acknowledgement of it, an appreciation of it. Um, and but there's no yeah. internal debate right now. In, in your sphere of people saying, is this a zine, is this not a zine? No one cares. I don't think anyone cares. That's and great. There's even like debate, you know, I'm sure a lot of listeners have been to Pop-Up Magazine, for example, and people say, how do you put a magazine on stage? And a magazine, I think, is becoming less about the, well, the form is very important. The form allows you to have constraints that you can play with and break in interesting ways. But I don't think that people are as hung up anymore on, you know, oh, if you break it too much, does it stop being mm -hmm. that thing? It's it's more about referencing the constraints of what you're what you're referencing and working in. So it seems that the form matters less and less and less. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the the most important thing is the stories. Okay, you know, are you are you telling amazing stories? Do you have beautiful art? That so to me is more why why the online forum? Why the online magazine forum for for Summer House? Why isn't this a podcast? Why isn't this just a print magazine? Uh, why did you choose this route? Yeah, that's another really good question. So print magazines, which I love are expensive. Yes, they are. <laughs> it's hard to print them. It's hard to mail them. It adds up very quickly. And additionally, when I was first starting out, writing for places like The Toast, for example, RIP, um, that was just such a powerful way to get my start. And 
I really miss a lot of the websites that were popular when I was first starting out as a journalist. Give me one other one that you miss. Um, the All is a big one. Yeah. Okay. So when did that go away? Really recently. I think 2018, actually. Am I wrong on that? I have no idea because I yeah. remember seeing that a long time ago, but I was not a, ra- like a, a rabid reader. Jesus Christ, I'm always tired these days. <laughs> I, mean, I was not a frequent reader, so when it disappeared, I did not even realize that. Yeah, well, that makes me very sad. <laughs> no, it's interesting to me because, okay... This is a, I understand, oh, that's a horrible question. Why does money matter? <laughs> but it, there, the barrier to entry right now is less and less and less with each passing day in a great way. Mm-hmm. So why do a Kickstarter to do this other than to just pay the creators of the, of the content uh, a, a fair wage? Well, that's or most, is that it? That's it. That's, that's it. That's great. That's, that's great. the most important part. Yeah, there's a lot of DIY projects that rely on people's labor without compensating of course. them. And so then that leads to, in my experience at least, a lot of turnover and a lot of dissatisfaction. Sure. And you're kind of, you end up with this revolving door of people who they have ambition and passion and they want to make something and then they burn out and they end up feeling bad and they, they leave these projects and then they're replaced by someone else who's young and eager. And Absolutely. I just didn't want to participate in that. It feels really bad to be part of it. Totally so. understand. <laughs> uh, you're partnering with 730 DC. Yes. How? What does that partnership look like? Because I've had Hayden on this show and my other shows multiple times. Big fan of their daily newsletter, hence mm-hmm. the name 730. goes out at 730 in the morning. How is Summer House related to 730? Yeah, 730 has been an amazing partner for us. Uh, I went to, I'm part of a journalism collective called Study Hall. I went up to a meetup maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, and I met Lily Strelick, who is the art director of 730 DC. And we got to talking and discovered we had all of these mutual interests. We were really passionate about local media. I love what they do with 730. I get the newsletter. Um, They feature some of my journalism in the past. So when I got to meet someone from 730, I was completely stoked. And the more we talked, the more it just became a natural partnership. It just seemed like we had a lot of the same values. We had a lot of the same goals. 730 has a really cool medium blog where they pay people for their stories and they're still kind of figuring out what to do with that. And so Summerhouse fit this niche of long, longer form reported content they also really love and that they want to publish more of. And you know, so what I had was all the stories and what they had was this huge platform mm-hmm. that they've accumulated over the years of people who we thought would be really interested. And it's, it's worked out exactly like that. They've been able to get Summerhouse in front of a lot of eyeballs. So now that you've reached the goal, mm-hmm. it, it, the 30 days is almost up. It's still going. If people want to donate, they still can. Exactly. What's next for the, what's the next tangible thing? Because yeah. the fundraising was clearly the last 30 days. What's the next 30 days? The next 30 days is going to be a mad dash to the finish line. We're hoping to mail out all of our rewards in mid-October. Um, and then uh, in addition to mailing out those rewards, we'll also be launching the digital magazine at the same time. Okay. So there's a lot of last-minute stuff that still needs to happen, you know, final design tweaks. We have a few stories that are still in edits, so we'll be p- putting the final touches on those. Now, is there going to be a paywall? Nope, no paywall. Okay. So even if you didn't donate, you could still read the magazine. Exactly, yep. And w- w- when you contacted us, w- when you were talking about this, uh, it's already done, yes. kind of. It's pretty much done, yeah. yeah. So let's say you didn't reach the funding. What would you have done? Um, I would have probably looked into applying for some grants. Okay. Or I honestly probably would have just taken a big chunk out of my savings sure. personally. Sure. Um, I really believe in this project. I do not feel comfortable in any way publishing it if people aren't paid. Sure. And so the plan would have been to just really just take a chunk of money out of my savings. Now, 
Um, that's not happening. That's a good thing. Thankfully, yes. <laughs> what What is your URL going to be? It'll be summerhousedc.com. Because Summerhouse was taken? Summerhouse was taken. It's a, a lot of people sell summer houses that's true. online. <laughs> Do people, have, has anyone thought that this was a real estate uh, venture in any way? Um, not yet, but okay. if, if anyone wants to talk about that, I'm, I'm open to it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so are you going to, is it quarterly issues? Because this is, this was billed as the summer issue. Yes. This is sort of billed as a summer issue. The long-term plan is hopefully to do quarterly issues. We decided to treat this first one as a proof of concept to see, you know, is this something people actually want? Would they support it financially? And so the next, after the first issue comes out, that will be the real work for me to figure out um, what does a sustainable funding model look like? How can we, do we do more Kickstarters? Do we do a subscription model? How do we figure out a way to keep publishing and keep paying people and hopefully paying them more as time goes on? Do you know the makeup of your donors or no? No. Does this Kickstarter not give that data? I can see a little bit if people volunteer to enter their okay. data, but at the end of the campaign, I'll send out a backer survey, okay. and that's when I'll really have a sense of who exactly So you're not sure of the age and demos and all that good stuff? No, not yet. Okay. But I can tell you that our newsletter, we have just over 500 subscribers, and almost all of them are local. So D.C., Virginia, Maryland. I was really happy to see that um, you know, we're really targeting exactly this kind of area. Are, you're still technically a freelance journalist. Mm -hmm, Where right. do you want to go after this? Or is the goal to make Summerhouse the full-time gig? Is that even feasible? That's a really good question. I've always thought of, well, people tell me to think bigger and to think Summerhouse could be my full-time job. I think right now I'm just sort of trying to figure it out, honestly. I, I just started as a freelance journalist. I went freelance in June. Um, Where were you before that? I was working in a ghostwriting agency, so I was secretly writing things for business people. And like what? Business magazines. I'm not trying to get you in trouble, but uh, yeah. don't give names, but like what type of business people? Yeah, um, like CEOs and uh, you know founders and things like that. So were you just writing like glorified press releases under their voices? No, like op-eds. Like oh, you read, really? Yeah, if you read like Forbes or mm -hmm. um, things like that. Um, a lot of CEOs have blogs there, and the ideas are there, but they have a little help writing it. So I was one of those one of those people. Was it incredibly <laughs> easy, or was it really difficult because you didn't care? It was way more difficult than writing a freelance piece because you have to jump into an industry that you might not know anything about and then write as if you are someone who has 40 years of experience and runs a multi-million dollar company. That's kind of great, though, because <laughs> you, you probably now, you could do some trivia in a good way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big trivia fan. Are you fan. really? So, yeah, I write a weekly newsletter as well about, like, history and the weird stories behind everyday things. I've been doing that since 2017. So, so. have you freelanced for Atlas Obscura? Not yet. Because that, that feels like the goal here. <laughs> yeah, they're on my list. They're, I'm a big fan of their work. Now, when you Google Summerhouse DC, the mm -hmm. Atlas Obscura article <laughs> about the Summerhouse, which we, we opened with, is one of the top results. Are you worried about SEO? Um, I'm, you know, I think... I do think about that. That's something I, I do as a content creator in 2019. I think it's unavoidable. Um, but I think our project, I'm hoping it will be a lot of word of mouth and things like that. And I think people will find us. You said the word content creator, and I don't <laughs> think you said it ironically. Yeah. Are you okay saying the word content creator without shame? And I, I, this is not mm -hmm. a judgment in any way. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, I'll be completely honest. As a freelance journalist in 2019, I really don't know many people who don't write for businesses. So I have a couple select clients. Okay. Um, 
who I work with and I write content for them. And, uh, we so always, you're okay using the word content. You don't feel dirty. I don't feel dirty. Good for I you. mean, I think if you, and this is the whole thing with summer house, it's like, if you strive for total artistic purity, there's a risk you'll never make anything at all. And so oh, I no. think it's a matter of just kind of figuring out like what's, where are my limits and my boundaries? Absolutely. What am I not going to do? Who am I not going to write for? <laughs> and then on the other side of that, um, how can I use the, the way the internet and our economy is working right now to create a little space to make something I actually care about? Uh, this is maybe, once again, this is the age difference between us. With mm-hmm. blogger, when people would call us bloggers, um, us being people that would refer to British things, and before that when I was at Huffington Post, well, like, we're not journalists, but we're not bloggers. We're somewhere in the middle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the word blogger has always rubbed me the wrong way. And that's completely been replaced by content. Interesting. Tell me more. Why, why do you not like the word blogger? Because it seemed, it's the barrier to entry, which is both good and bad. Mm-hmm. Because when I had, uh, if I was just blogging, I'd be blogging. But if someone else is vetting it, it's no longer blogging to me. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. If anyone's going to edit it in any way whatsoever, it's probably not blogging. That being said, a lot of blogs are really well edited, so yeah. that's not true <laughs> at all. It's just my mindset. And, and when I was writing for zines versus when I was writing for magazines, it's mm-hmm. a very big difference. The and it shouldn't be. It's yeah. all words at the end of the day. And the reader does not care. Yeah. These are my hang-ups. Mm-hmm. I know that. It doesn't matter. I still have the hang-ups. And it seems to be nice now where if it's uh, people 10 years younger than me, they don't have these hang-ups. That's clearly a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I think as a writer, you want to make work that's interesting and that can stand on its own no matter where it's published. So that's Well, that's the thing. You've been published a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Once again, why do this if you're getting published in all these other places? You yeah. don't have to create the infrastructure. You just need to like plug yourself into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm really curious about how magazines work, and it's not easy to get a job at a magazine today. Mm-hmm. I, I worked at The Atlantic previously. I was on the business side. Um, it's, it's very interesting, but I really wanted that crash course in how do I take an idea, um, shape it, curate stories around it, edit the stories, work with writers, um, project manage something huge. Um, that was kind of an experience I was craving that I never got from my job. Did you work for a college paper? I didn't, actually. Okay. I worked for the local paper in my college town. That's even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that you're, were you editing people at that time or no? No, I was just writing. Now that you're editing people, do you, do you see the difference? Do you like writers more or less or has it changed your opinion in any way? Yeah, it's been very interesting as a freelancer. Yeah. I always try really hard to hit my deadlines, hit my word counts. I try to turn in something that is polished so that my editor doesn't look at it and say, oh my gosh, this is a disaster. Yeah. Um, it's been really interesting learning that I have to not just, you know, to do 10 stories online, you end up assigning something like 24 stories mm-hmm. online and most of them fall through for one reason or another. So that's been very interesting. And it's made me realize even more um, when someone is comes in and they're totally competent they have a great idea they deliver on time um it's even it's just so impressive to me and so memorable and so now i'm using that information as a freelancer and thinking oh this is a good way to have good habits and potentially get published more yeah so is the biggest lesson you've learned over the last 30 days consistency yeah yeah consistency and also like there are just so many incredible people some of whom are first time writers some of whom you know not necessarily first time writers but their first time doing journalism mm-hmm. and I don't think it's it's made me really optimistic because I think there's a real need always to um, nurture the voices of people who are passionate about subjects who 
are interested in doing this kind of work, uh, who maybe haven't gotten their foot in the door before. And so just being able to create a space where um, we're welcoming to people who are first-time writers or first-time you know, photographers or what have you, um, I'm hoping that editors will take note and, and give these people more work because their work is incredible. Do you want pitches? Right now, no. Okay. <laughs> right now, we're full. Um, thankfully, we're in a really good position. In the future, though, uh, our email is summerhouse.zine at gmail.com. Um, so if you do have ideas, feel free to send them to me. It might just, we might have to save them for a future issue. Um, is the fall issue planned out in any way? Um, well, we're going to launch in mid-October, so sorry, it'll be, the, yeah. The next issue. The planned. next issue? Um, no, we've not start th- started thinking about that yet. We have to produce... Uh, finished producing the digital issue and then we're also producing a completely separate zine of about 30 30 pages of um stories and art um so we're basically doing two issues in one for the kickstarter um, is, is there any crossover between the digital version and the zine version or the physical version yeah so there's two different well there's we went we had a little bit of we went a little crazy we love zines so <laughs> we decided to do two different zine rewards for the kickstarter okay one of them will be a trio of really tiny zines, and those will be about the size of a quarter sheet of paper. Uh, it will be reprinted versions of our digital stories, okay. three of them. And then the other one will be a 30-page half-sheet-sized paper uh, zine, and that will be completely original content. So that won't be online at all. If, you, if you're interested in, re- in reading any of those or seeing it, you'll have to pledge through the Kickstarter. Now, uh, for the people that did those pieces, did they know it was just for the physical edition? or mm-hmm. Okay, yes. they, so they knew what they were getting into. They knew what they were getting into. And most of those stories, the tone is a little bit different. So More personal? More personal. On, online, we take a, a more straightforward, trustworthy, journalistic tone. Uh, in the zine, we're a little bit more subversive, a little funnier, a little more personal. Um, so they have a distinct look and feel and, um, and vibe to them. Um, no one likes categorization, but it's incredibly helpful when you're trying to turn people onto something. So where, mm-hmm. does, where does Summer House fit in? Uh, it's like blank plus blank. Yeah. Um, Let's see. That's a really good question. It's like 7.30 DC meets Lucky Peach, maybe. Is that okay. too obscure? No, it's not Peach obscure too? at all. Lucky, scare, <laughs> Lucky Peach also folded, like, what, two years ago? Lucky Peach folded, yes. Very sad um, about that. It's a food magazine. Is it a uh, David Chang food magazine? Mm-hmm, David uh, Chang food magazine. And uh, really, really great graphic design. Yes. The magazine behind you, I feel like, is the spiritual sequel to that. Uh, what's the name of that? Good Company, it looks Good like. Company, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's here at the Line Hotel. It does, oh, that's I, awesome. There's... Uh, I think it's all women run, and it's the graphic design is, is great, and it reminds me a lot of Lucky Peach. 730 DC, we obviously know. Um, do you want to speak about what's covered in this issue, or do you want to keep it as a tease? Because it's, it's, it's been mm-hmm. spoken about. It's been spoken about. We've not revealed everything. We wanted to retain some element of surprise when we publish. Um, for the digital edition, we're publishing a really beautiful feature story about Boomscat. They're a local R&B mm-hmm. duo. They're amazing. Um, a writer named Michael Sheehan uh, interviewed them for many hours, wrote an exquisite profile of them. Um, and so we talk about love and loss and creativity and what happens when they get in a room together. Because if you've ever seen Boomscat perform, hopefully at a house venue, um, they get on stage and they they just make music live. They improvise a lot. And their connection is really beautiful. It almost feels like there's something psychic happening in the room. It's very hard to describe. And so we really dig into their music and how they think about that and how they're able to do it, which is something I think artists sometimes aren't even fully able to articulate. So, so how is that different than a profile of them in, say, the city paper? 
Yeah, I don't know if it is. I mean, I'm trying to think. I wouldn't say that our approach is significantly a departure from other journalism, um, but we hope it's very good and interesting, okay. and <laughs> we hope it'll be moving to people. There's a there's a surprise twist in the middle of that piece where we break the form in an interesting way, so I won't say anything more about that, Great. but it's I, I love the story. Uh, and the goal, so mid-October is when people will probably see this stuff online. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're hoping so. congratulations on uh, achieving the goal. Thank you. Uh, Summerhouse DC? Mm-hmm. SummerhouseDC.com. Right, right now it redirects to our Kickstarter. It probably will continue doing that for a little while, and then we will put the, the issue there. So because they can't go to the site, the best way to stay involved, I guess, would be to sign up to the 730 mailing list because they'll probably be the ones saying the first time when things are available. Is yeah, you fair? could sign up for 730 or you could sign up for our, our mailing go. list as, as well. So if you go on our Kickstarter page, if you just search Summer House Plus Kickstarter, we'll come right up. And there's a link, I think in like the second or third paragraph to our newsletter. And if you want to join, then... And people can please. follow you on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, summerhouse underscore DC. Same on Instagram. You s- on oh, Facebook my God. Too. You're driving me crazy here. You got summer <laughs> underscore, summerhouse underscore DC for the Twitter. You have summerhousedc.com for the website. And you have summerhousezine at no. Gmail. Uh, yes. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> can we get one? Well, here's the thing. If I wanted to, here's how scrappy we are. I literally was sitting with, with Gmail and I was thinking, okay, I could pay 50 bucks a year for a custom Gmail mm-hmm. or I could just pay a writer $50. That's and so, true. That's yeah, true. so that's kind of where some of these choices come from. That's it's, great. you know, it's always a trade off and, and we're really like bootstrapping this thing. So uh, every weekend and best week on uh, no, Bryce and things we publish our best weekend bets. What is one thing this weekend mm-hmm. that you think uh, would be good for either a local or a visitor? Uh, what's your one pick for this weekend? Yeah. For this weekend. I'm giving you, this is a, it's a weird weekend because it's Labor Day. It's Labor Day. But there's a very, very big obvious thing on Saturday that I think would be right up your pe- your people's alley. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm planning to just sleep the entire weekend after the really? craziness of this campaign. So maybe you tell me what's going on. It's the National on. Book Festival. Oh, National Book That's Festival. Of course. Figured, of course. I figured you might be interested in that. If you're, yeah. if you're not, you're not. No <laughs> Tino Shade. I don't care. You do what you want to do. It's, it's, Once I emerge from my hibernation, the next thing on my list that I'm really stoked about is the Small Press Expo okay. in Bethesda. I can't remember the date it's sometime in september but i'll be there if anyone wants to come out i'm i want to say so many things about zines but i will just come out with like a curmudgeon old man <laughs> like i okay. remember going to like madison wisconsin for the small press expo and like yeah. traveling to iowa for stuff like this so it's a long time ago it was a different version of me it's a reference to a great fiona apple song <laughs> michelle thank you for your time do you know who fiona apple is of course I know who there Fiona you go. That's Apple good. is. I'm She's not that great. young. No, it's not about youth. <laughs> Fiona Apple's not much older than me. She was a teen prodigy. Anyways, Fiona, Fiona Jesus Christ. <laughs> Michelle, thank you for your time. Thank People you. People can find out at uh, summerhousedc.com in a few months. Uh, right now, or redirect to the Kickstarter. Sign up for the 730 DC mailing list. Go follow them, uh, summerhouse underscore DC on Twitter. And obviously, if you want to get a hold of them, <laughs> summerhousezine at gmail michelle congratulations thank you very on much. achieving your goals we will be back here next week uh with a show uh if i don't fall asleep i'm going to fall asleep right now i'm very very tired thanks <laughs> for listening everybody and have a wonderful night Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. 
full-service radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.